everyone, what's going on? My name is Stephanie Graham. I'm an artist and filmmaker, and I'm also an extremely curious person. Some will go as far as to say that I am nosy as the, the nerve. <laughs> I started this podcast because I wanted to interview people. I'm not just talking to anyone either. I'm talking to people who are in the thick of what they do. I want to know how they live their life and how they get things done so that I could apply some of their savvy to my own life. I'm sharing this with you so that you too can do the same. We can do it together. We all gotta start somewhere, and if you're not looking for practical info, stick around anyway, because my guests are fascinating, and it's my goal to get to the bottom of their sh. I mean, aren't we all just a little bit curious of what it's like to live someone else's life? And if we do it the same? There are also times when I will feel called to catch up with you one-on-one and let you know about what's going on with me, either in life or with my art practice, You didn't think I'd get the dirt on all these cool people and not let you know what's going on with me, did you? I mean, I'm a Libra. We believe in balance. Listen, I am a big believer that even though we are all different, we can still find ways to relate to each other. It's time to get down to business, so welcome to the Nosy AF Podcast. Happy Black History Month, everyone. You know, sometimes life can whisk us away with its whirlwind of activities and adventures. And before we know it, we realize we've overlooked something important. And guess what, y'all? I totally forgot it was Black History Month. And guess what? I'm finishing out this season with white folks. (laughs) Oh my gosh, y'all, I gotta tell you, I am so embarrassed. Like, what was I thinking? You know, I've just been so focused on being consistent and putting out episodes. And I just really wanted to share these conversations with the talented ladies in my residency cohort that I completely forgot to pay homage to the significant month. Like when I create these seasons, I don't really think about like what's going on in the month that maybe I can work on. You know, I just be like just zeroed in and I'm like, wow. It's Black History Month. (laughs) Oh my gosh, y'all. My girl was talking about me so bad. She was just laughing as I was complaining about myself. Like, how dare I? Talk about a facepalm moment. I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) I ought be ashamed of myself. I really ought be ashamed of myself. But you know what? I'm black. And so hopefully that's enough. It is enough, right? Like, it's totally enough. It is perfect. So anyway... With my slightly embarrassed self, well, embarrassed self, not even slightly, I am embarrassed. I want to dive into today's episode to meet our fantastic guest because she is truly, truly, truly fantastic. And I am so happy that we get to have this conversation. So joining us in the studio is an artist whose work transcends borders, cultures, and even the confines of time itself. This is the artist Connie Gall Schmidt, and let me tell you, her artistic journey is nothing short of extraordinary. Her story is like one that unfolds like the pages of a captivating novel, and her roots are firmly planted in Germany, but she embarked on a journey that took her from the vibrant streets of Taiwan to the bustling art scene of the East Coast, you know, all over the United States. And along the way, she's absorbed some intricacies of each culture, weaving them into the fabric of who she is and who her art is. 
what I believe sets Connie apart is not just the mastery of her craft, but really her profound connection to her chosen medium, which is vintage books. So she creates these like meticulous collages and like sculptural creations that breathes a new life into forgotten pages, inviting us to embark on a journey through time and imagination. And plus Connie's work is so, so pretty. So you know what, buckle up nosy friends because today we're diving deep into the boundless creativity and artistic vision of our new friend, Connie. So get ready to explore, to question and to be inspired. I think without further ado, we're gonna just give a warm welcome to Connie. I really think you'll enjoy her. She's wonderful and happy Black History Month. Black history every day, all day. So let's get into the conversation. Thank you so much for being here. All right. So, Connie, I'm so glad that you're here. We're starting our conversation. You and I met at the residency in Pooch Cove. Yes. And how did you get to Pooch Cove? How did, what was your, yeah, how did you end up at the residency? I was invited by Elaine Spafford. And then I thought, why not? <laughs> But I had no idea what it is or, or what it was. I I didn't really research it too much, but I like to have a big studio space, and that's that was a given and my peace of mind, you know. <laughs> yes, it was unexpected that it was so remote. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it it was remote, as I think like back about the time there now that I'm definitely back in like a big city. I'm like, wow, we were really like up there and by ourselves sort of. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of weird to be there. And when I think about it, it felt a little bit lonely. But then when I met EO <laughs> and a couple of the others, it was getting really different. It was just that it wasn't really organized. So you had to kind of fend for yourself. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, if we didn't have like Elaine and Sherry who sort of organized our group up there, if we would have been just eight artists that came on our own, that would have been so wild. Like I kept, I, I, I think about, I wonder how I would have spent my time just by myself, essentially, like if I would have rented my own car and just had that studio by myself, like how would I have thought of spending my time there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing, but I mean, luckily <laughs> we had the car. Yeah. And we were together. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very different. It almost is like when I, you know, came from Taiwan to the U.S. First, I lived in Connecticut. In, Ta in Taipei, it's such a bustling city. And then I came to the U.S. and I had to count the joggers. I mean, yeah. I just thought, <laughs> well, that was a similar culture shock, I think. Do people not jog in Taiwan? Yes, they jog, but they don't jog on busy <laughs> streets. And I lived in a city. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Just like right. all in the, yeah, all in the mix. Like you'll be at like a street festival and people will be jogging through the festival. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe in Chicago. Yes, definitely in Chicago. They'll do this. So your work is super. I remember your work was 
one of the first I looked up when I found out all the artists. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it is so spiky and colorful. <laughs> At first from the pictures. And then I saw that they were books. So for you, listener, my description of Connie's work are these big, or no, not even necessarily big, but big, like meaning as like bigger than a piece of paper or like a pledge can or something, you know, like bigger than like a a soda pop can, but like big sculptures of colorful books that are pointy. Pointy. Yeah. They feel like pointy. Like they feel like big stars. Like there's like a playful piece to them. If you were to have like children draw their own versions of stars, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like I it's feel like cool. I think that it's very playful. That's how I am. Yeah. <laughs> how did you How did you get to making books? Because yeah, if you can, if you don't mind, like sharing how you got to this process of making these. Do you call them book sculptures, or how do you define them? Yeah, I always. I don't know. How do I call them? Yeah, book sculptures, I call them just wall sculptures. But I I felt like I'm a purist. I only use book parts. But before that, of course, I didn't use books. I just, uh, you know, when I didn't use books, I just did regular art stuff. But it was always geometric abstraction. Geometric abstraction. Yeah, that's a really good way to describe your sculptures, geometric abstraction. How did you get to making doing get how did you get to books so long time ago i took a collage class with a guy who preferred books and he also kind of told us how you know how the color is so muted and old and that you could never create a color like that by mixing colors because you know it's just it's faded and it has all these different qualities. Of course, it's dirty to work with them, but that's another story. <laughs> so I totally fell in love with this idea to use the books. Also, I used to study German literature, so I'm, I really like books. Okay. And so it was kind of, you know, a two-sorted, a two, a two, you know. Anyway, it, <laughs> I, I couldn't really... <laughs> I couldn't really wrap my head around destroying the books okay, because I liked them so much. But then on the other hand, you would not read them because they're smelly. And, you know, I mean, who has the attention span to go through a smelly book and poison themselves or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I kind of justified it that I'm using books as my medium. Okay. So I took them apart, but I didn't. I never used the text because I thought they should speak for themselves. <laughs> sure. <laughs> These co- because I'm very much into color, of course. Yeah. So in the beginning, as I said, I did this collage class, and it was very kind of strict. It was working with the grid, and she said, "Oh, never go, no, never go across the page or anything," you know. And I thought, "Huh? I'm going to go across the page if you say if you say I shouldn't do that." <laughs> yeah. So. In the yeah, in the beginning, that was a struggle because I didn't know how to put balance and harmony into that, and that's a very important part of my art making. 
so I don't I don't like things that are totally crooked. But I mean, I put a pointy thing in occasionally <laughs> because, because I I'm just playful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then um, I was bored with the format, you know, like A4 or whatever. These oh, sure, just like a square rectangle. So I, I cut my own format. I think I'm I'm a child. It's it you know at heart. It's like when I was a child, I was exactly like that. If somebody said uh, told me I should do something, I just didn't. I just did the opposite. Or I was a daydreamer. I made up my story. I don't know. Maybe I should have gone to not to a mathematics school or <laughs> <laughs> mathematics oriented or technical school, but to you know some daydreamer school. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, well, I think I like the balance. I was going to ask, like, as you were talking, I'm like, oh, wow, it seems like, you know, you're into adventure, right? Like, you're like, sure, I'll I'll talk on your podcast. I'm into adventure and just sort of seeing where it goes. And then you have this, like, rebellious energy of someone's like, oh, go left, you'll go right. Like, where do you think that comes from? I don't really like that so much, but I I just did this always, you know. I always did things that were not allowed just to try it out because of like adventure seeking. For example, I have a lot of scars on me because I was trying to, when I was nine or something, I was trying to walk over a glass house and it didn't break because I was little. So (laughs) I hopped on it. It didn't break. And then I just stomped on it and it broke. (laughs) It's <laughs> what is this glass house? Where was it? Is it like a miniature glass house? Oh no, it was a real glass house. I like a you know, f- my parents owned a like a like a nursery thing center. Oh, like so. the greenhouse thing. Yeah, that greenhouse you, oh, that the plants are in. Okay, okay. Of course, <laughs> I was in trouble, but I knew this before. Why would I do that? It's always the same. <laughs> yes, because now you've caused damage. No, I didn't want to cause damage. I just wanted to try it out, you know? Yeah. How far can I go? (laughs) How far can you go? And that was the same when I left Germany to Taiwan, you know, how far can I go? My parents said, no money from us. And I thought, okay, I better sell sell my artwork or something or try to do something quick because... You know, standing in a shop for eight hours a day wouldn't give me enough money to go. So I sold all my artwork and it, I made quite a, a lot of money. I mean, of course, not thousands. Yes, it was actually thousands, but <laughs> not not like a big shot artist or something. But I thought I could survive for at least a year there. Of course, that didn't happen. Three months and I had to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you've you've lived in three different cultures. Yeah, can you tell us the three different cultures you've lived in? There's Taiwan. Go on. So before I lived in Germany, so I grew up in Germany, very orderly. The color the colors were totally different because yeah, you know it's very Bauhaus, like blue, yeah. red. Yeah, yeah, blue, and like minimal. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, kind of strict organized. Then you go, when I went to Taiwan, 
it's different today than it was back then because there was martial law there. And, oh, okay. Uh, it was very chaotic. Yeah. You know, it was like, first of all, it was very polluted. So everything kind of looked muted, like my books. <laughs> wow. So like even just like walking, it's just like very muted. It's, yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's pretty bad. Wow. Oh, it was pretty bad. They totally cleaned up. Okay. They had a different taste, you know, like they, they really liked this intense Chinese red, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or pea green fridges or, you know, I just didn't understand the taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It turned me off, but then I loved it. I was always kind of appalled. And then when I got to know it closer, I fell in love with it. Yeah. So that's like, and you never thought when you got there, when you got there and you saw all this pollution and pea green fridges but also bright red you were like you know what let me get out of here <laughs> no I didn't think so I, I wanted to stay it was interesting to me I just needed to find out what it's all about you know I, I stepped out of the airplane and there was a red spot on the on the on the ground and I thought huh what's that do they all have lung disease they spit this out but it's oh my yeah, it's a it's just a different culture. They the taxi drivers they use beetle nuts to stay awake. <laughs> oh wow! So they just eat. Oh, like they'll yeah, they eat it and spit out the nut. Yeah, they chew it and then they spit out the juice. The juice. Oh wow! It's pretty disgusting. But I thought it's bl blood. Yeah, and I thought they have some kind of lung disease because of course it was so polluted and everything. But it was it all didn't make sense to me. I, I was surprised by everything I saw. Yeah. Was Taiwan one of, like, okay, so you're leaving Germany, but how did you decide on Taiwan versus going to China? Anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> or Italy. <laughs> I actually studied Chinese. Okay. It's very hard to learn a language when you are in the, in your own country. You know, I just thought I, I need, first time I went, I, I thought I, I need to kind of experience this. And then see whether, I, because it sounds ugly if you don't, you know, if you don't, it's the same with German, it sounds so harsh. And then when you, when you are German or when you, when you live there, it's totally normal. Sure. So, yeah, that was the reason. I studied Chinese. And then what do, we, do you do with Chinese in Germany? Not so much. Unless you want to be an academic. <laughs> <laughs> And you and you lived there for a while, right? Eleven years. Eleven years, yeah. Wow, that's so cool. I like like the theme of like it seems like a trajectory of your career, sort of like why not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, some that part of me is very naive, or was very naive. Maybe it's still very naive. I just do things because I'm interested, and I don't really want to think about the consequences, although. Of course, the smart Connie thinks about consequences. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be smart. Yeah. Man, that's that's interesting. I feel like I'm always in my head like I should be more not smart. Like everything I do, I feel like has some type of smart approach. Like if I say something like, yeah, that's really smart. Yeah, that's smart. That's a smart way to think about it. And I should just be like, what if I just let go of all of that? But it's also actually not smart because the experience you have, if you're naive, 
are incredible. I mean, sometimes, of course, it's getting dangerous. I could tell you so many stories about that. But in general, I made I made so many friends and <laughs> I saw so many things. I traveled in China. I didn't really, you know, I was not afraid. Yeah. And I saw the good side of people, too, because they always helped me when I was, <laughs> was in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. So then, okay, Taiwan for 11 years, and then you came to? To Connecticut. Connecticut, okay. Which I see <laughs> was like a separate country. No. <laughs> I, it was just a culture shock for me because it was beautiful. So I said, okay, that's not, not, not a problem. It's beautiful. Yeah. There was nothing to do for me. <laughs> and what were the colors of Connecticut? Green. Green. <laughs> green, green, green. Green, green, green. Well, that's not too bad, but No, it's it is very pretty. Yeah. I have to say, but it's I just didn't fit in there. I think I'm more red than green. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just want to pop in here real quick to let you know that I'm an artist. I make work about social class, subcultures, race and gender. These topics are complex, they're interesting, and they come up in my life all the time. Because I love to laugh, a lot of my work has humorous tones. I genuinely enjoy making and creating all sorts of things. My main medium is photography and film, but I also enjoy organizing art events. I would love to keep you in the loop of everything that's going on with my art exhibition, so please consider signing up for the Studiogram newsletter at missgram.com slash sign up. Okay, back to the top. But you know, thinking about with colors, back to your books, you keep you. Do you see your your pieces as muted? Uh, no, I try. Okay. I try not to mute. I try to up them. You know, I try to up the color. Okay, because I was like, yeah, I see them very colorful. They're beautiful. It's because I work with opposites. You know, if I have a muted book for a muted color, I try to find the color that would make this muted color shine and always i like to um, i like to work with opposites in general and are the opposites that you're picking when you pair them is it just off your own personal your own personal taste or do you use some type of like geometric framework around color not geometric but i i use i use color rules sometimes but i don't have to use them anymore because you know they are I'm, they are innate now. I just, I just do it automatically. Yeah, because I was thinking too. I was wondering, like, is, if your experiences from living in these three very different places, like, if that informs some of the color choices you have. Yeah, but but is it like is would that be intentional, or is that just because it's a part of you now, having had these experiences? So it's like. Maybe just it, like definitely it, because of the experiences. I think I would have shied away from these colors very often because, you know, every ugly color looks fantastic with a, a color that suits it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I just love them. They're so pretty. Like I'm even looking at the one behind you and I feel like it's just so bright. That's the last one I made in Puchkov, I think. Oh, Okay. But I forgot to have it photographed. I uh, have nothing here otherwise. Yeah. 
You can almost, they almost look like lipstick colors too. You can have a lipstick line. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Can't do that. You could go with makeup. Maybe I should yeah. give, give them a little bit of lipstick, but that wouldn't be yours. <laughs> right, because they're like, why is there lipstick on here? <laughs> it's a little dirty. Although yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a dirty endeavor, you know, to work with books. I just cleaned my studio. I had a headache. I, I felt so sick. Where do you find the books? Your bookstore? Just out and about. Oh, okay. Just so you, do you have like, it's like any stores that you go to, they're like, here comes Connie again. <laughs> mm -hmm. I said, what are, what are you doing with all this stuff? I said, oh, I just, I cut them. I take everything out and <laughs> I throw away the text. <laughs> and then I put them in bags like this. Oh, wow. That's really organized. That is because I just cleaned. Wow, that's beautiful. They're like all like colored in bags. Wow. Yes, I, used, I used my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's so pretty. Like, wow, look at those colors, like a rainbow over there. It won't stay like this, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like, yeah, it's like you'd have to be like, okay, let me take one out and then put one back and like keep it orderly. And that's just not, I'm like in the process of re- organizing my studio now because it got like insane like yeah no yeah. it's terrible I have to make a big mess first and you know I have so much white I mean like off-white and all that because all these different shades of white on the end papers sometimes yeah and I need them because I make the the back of I, I use them for the back of the sculptures so I can write my name on a clean oh, okay <laughs> yeah that's nice yeah And also, you can make make it more look more dimensional. It does. It's not dimensional necessarily. I work with how to say it. It just looks as if it's more back in space if you use different kinds of whites. Okay, yeah, just like floating. No, more more three dimensional, but it's not okay. three dimensional. I I just pretend it's three, three dimensional. <laughs> to explain <laughs> if you were an artist what what else would you be doing you think have you ever like had a thought of like another career yeah I was looking at garbage collectors and I thought not even this I can do <laughs> <laughs> no um, I think I would be a good writer I oh, really okay. like to write you know but invent more like creative writing inventing stories My my dad, who was not into anything creative, he even gave me a typewriter when I was little because he said, <laughs> that is your career. But of course, I didn't want to do that because he told me to. <laughs> right. But you still work with books, though. So that's sort of funny. Yeah. <laughs> This is what you will do. <laughs> I love that he suggested like a creative career. I was at the Brooklyn Museum for the Terry Mugler exhibition. And there was like a little girl walking through with her mom and her mom's like, I hope one day you'll be a fashion designer. It would make me so happy. <laughs> and I'm like, you just want her to make you these dresses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, I think the expectations. Were, I mean, I think I was very creative from 
from the get-go. I just, I played by myself. I, I hated games with to play with other people. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a lot of imaginary stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I, I'm always playing imagination like all the time, like always making up stuff and I have fun with it. Yeah. You are a creative writer. I don't, I don't, I should write. I mean, I've written before, but you know what, when you bring up writing, like I remember a teacher also told me to write. Maybe I was being rebellious and like, don't tell me what you do. Yeah, exactly. I think that's not, that's probably normal teenager. But I, I also just shut down if somebody asked me <laughs> to do something. I just stared out of the window and thought about something else. <laughs> you know, that's true. I don't like people to tell me to do stuff. Maybe we are both stubborn. Yeah, that's a good word for it. I mean, like, I'll do it, but it's like, I'm going to do it not right now, but in a minute. That way I'm making the decision. <laughs> in my minute. That's in my minute is not 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Breaking the rules. Mm. Yes. I love that you, I mean, do you see, you know, like um, artists, so many artists, like, I want to ask, like, about being, like, an artist that's, like, represented by a gallery. That seems like a, uh, that's, like, a goal for so many, so many artists, you know. Do you think that that's, like, is that helpful in your art career to, like, have, like, the assistance of, like, gallery representation, you think? I really think it helped me a lot. But, you know, I never applied to any gallery kind of came by itself. Um, they found me and and they are very supportive, I have to say. And the galleries that were not very supportive, I just <laughs> said goodbye. No, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, you, you need somebody who does your marketing and everything because you already didn't do a lot and they get 50%. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to see like, it's nice that you're like, oh, yeah, the galleries that weren't helpful, I said goodbye to because I feel like, you know, I, I want a ga gallery representation. I think it would be great. I feel like sometimes my art career is so varied, like with the different mediums, that it's hard to find a gallerist that would take that on. But I what I what I was trying to say was that I think it is cool that you are like by galleries because it feels like so many people put like galleries on a pedestal like so if they get gallery representation like oh that's so great but then like if the gallery is not treating them well they still sort of put up with it because they have gallery representation you know does that make sense yeah I, it kills me i can't do that i feel like a slave then yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah it's good it's nice to know that like to think of the gallery as like a partner like a supportive partner versus just like... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It like... Yeah. I sort of see it as like equated to like musicians with record labels. Like, is this record label actually supporting your career? Or do you just feel stuck and stifled oh, here? Pressure, and you really you know, to get if out? people pressure you all the time, that's terrible. I mean, I have... I got 
commissions through my galleries. Originally, I said, no, 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 I don't want to do commissions, actually, because I was too shy. Maybe I was lazy. I don't know. But these commissions helped me so much with, you know, progressing my work that I, and they, and they always told me the expectations when I get, when I got nervous, I always could ask questions about it, you know, like. Yeah. You're not like expected to know everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And they did the whole paperwork that's important for me because I hate paperwork. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hate paperwork too. You know, actually I like paperwork, but when it gets to be overwhelming, like if there's like, if I have a lot of like paperwork, like around tax time when you have to like organize everything that like overwhelms me. But if it's like a day-to-day thing and there's paperwork or like, I almost include emails as paperwork. If I have to do that, then it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. No, for me, it goes really far. My, my, when, when I get a letter and it looks official, I put it to the side. <laughs> I never open it. I have a husband. He can do that. He can do it. That's good. No. Yeah, you know, I, I know. I had to get, like, put myself on, like, just automatic payments, you know, for, like, bills and stuff. Because it's like, I don't want to, like have to deal with it. Like, I just know the number that I need to make sure is in my account to pay everything. Exactly. And then like, keep it going. Cause it's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like even like what my studio got overwhelmed. It's just like papers everywhere. And I'm like, ah, get out of here. <laughs> That's why I cleaned. Yeah. It feels yeah. good. <laughs> it does yeah. feel good. It's like, I love clean spaces, but then like, if I make a mess, I'm like, why'd I do that? And then it overwhelms me, but then you clean and everything's okay again. Oh, and see, that was the good thing about the residency. You start from scratch. You clean up other people's messes <laughs> and then <laughs> you make your own mess. But it's so much space that, you know, in a month, I think you can clean up a month's mess. Yes. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's nice. I know. It's so funny. It's like, geez, in my own space, this is a problem, but getting ready. And you know what, too? Because like at Pooch Cove, we had to make sure that the next artist, like the studio was ready for them. I think the deadline also helped. Like I know I'd have to get it ready before this time. So exactly at home, it's just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, up. yeah. Yeah. So what are you working on coming up? What do, do you have like any, like, what do you have coming up? I'm working on a commission. And so it's very different, at least in my mind, it was very different. I think it's not that different, but now that I, I'm i almost done, it's a meandering piece. Oh, yeah. Nice. Just like, is it from, is it from like your thoughts of Pooch Cove or no? <laughs> no, I, I think, but no, actually that's true. Because in Pooch Cove, I thought about this commission and it scared me. Sometimes it kept me up. Because it's big and, and as I said, meandering. So there are technical problems. Okay. How big is it? Like a billion feet? No, no, it's not. But, you know, I have books. That's my medium. So yeah. small. So yeah. yeah. in order to make it, I, sh- I should. You want to see? If you want to share it, you don't have to. It's up to you. Whatever okay. you feel comfortable with. I mean, with. I don't mind. Okay. It's almost finished. So, oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, that is, that is large. Mm-hmm. I like it. It is pretty large. 
it's probably yeah. my but it's I didn't know how to do this and I of course I wanted to make it right for these people who were already bought the piece so they sent me all these pictures like wallpaper where it goes on top of and I thought oh <laughs> but I think it will be fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, because, like, for commissions, like, if people, like, how do you feel about that? Like, if people, I feel like maybe, I guess, now it's, like, art is decorative object, right? When they're, like, well, it's going to be here. So they want it to be, like, in harmony with their with their space, which is interesting because usually, like, if I buy work, I'm never thinking, like, oh, this will go good in this room. Like, I just buy it because I like it, and then I'll figure that out later, I guess. I will put it in the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think to be fair, every every time I get really nervous when when I have to do commission, but I I like the challenge mm-hmm. and I like I actually like interior decoration or you know interior design. So yeah, me too. It kind of inspires me. Pretty. I had one piece that went in a very traditional space. I mean, and that was. It was very out out of the box, the piece. And it looked fantastic. I mean, it was such a surprise for me. I, I think I learned from these things a lot. My goal is more learning, you know, I guess. That's a great goal. That's a great goal. Learning forever. Yeah. Heck yeah, we should get it like tattooed like... or not (laughs) I tattooed like on my neck learning forever oh my god we we talked about that tattoos are not my thing I I mean I like to dream about having a tattoo but I don't want to go through the procedure (laughs) (laughs) and I designed tattoos for my for one of my daughters oh really oh that's fun (laughs) Does, does she Geometric have a lie? <laughs> that's really cool. You know, that could be fun. Like, do like some fake tattoos or something. <laughs> Not tattoos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so sweet. Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, Connie, this is that's all the questions. Oh no, I do have one more question. Out of all the three places that you lived. You know, I sometimes like go off this philosophy, which I'm not necessarily sure people subscribe to it, but I know like. Even though we all are so different, there's all these different cultures. There's always like things that we can relate to each other on. Like there are similarities. And so I'm just curious, like through these three very distinct cultures you've been a part of, did you find any similarities like between all three? I just think people are people. (laughs) And living in these really very different cultures made me realize that we all come with our, how to say, like prejudice towards the other culture and then when you live there for a little bit it goes away so i think everybody should just switch places <laughs> all the time because we can all be friends <laughs> <laughs> or frenemies <laughs> i mean there's the similarity is just they're just people you know some are nice some are not but it's everywhere the same thing okay I was more hung up on the, you know, how how history influenced or history and religion and everything influences the people to become what they are 
that's that makes a difference. But they are born as people, you know. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, it makes a difference. Yeah, I like that. Hmm. And we all found each other in Puchkov. Yes, <laughs> what a dream! What a dream! <laughs> I know. You know what? I mean, I know I've told you about this. When I came home and I was cooking and I was cleaning up and I was putting stuff in that dishwasher, I'm just like, I love you, dishwasher. <laughs> Never leave me again. And then there was someone on TikTok that I guess they have these um, like little mini dishwashers that are like maybe like four by four. They sit on a countertop and you like attach the hose to the sink. And it like runs through some weird cycle. Yeah. And I was like, I need to find this and trouble with it. <laughs> just because it made me realize in Pooch Cove how much dishes I make. Because I'm always used to like, I'll just get like a clean dish, a clean dish. Because then at the end of the day, I'll like be too busy, like stop and wash. I'll just get something clean. And then I would put everything in the dishwasher at night and run it at night. And so when I was at Puchko with that same habit, I was like, oh, look at all these dishes I've made. I, I totally changed my habit there. Yeah. I immediately washed them up and then just. It took me a while to get like that. Then I stopped. I stopped doing that once I realized the mess I was making. Then I did like the one you cup, one plate and wash it each time. Yeah. Which animal will approach you? Yes. <laughs> you gotta learn to adapt quick. <laughs> the dishwashing animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Connie, this has been wonderful. I'm so happy that you decided to share your work with us. You're very welcome. <laughs> I'm very excited that you asked me to share my work with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into the Nosy AF podcast with me, your host, your friend, Stephanie Graham. I'm so glad that you made it to the end of this conversation. Please kindly let me know what you thought by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening right now. You can also connect with me at nosyaf.com via the Say Hello button. And if you're curious about what's going on in my art and film life, please visit my website at missgram.com. Oh, and also, if there is someone that you're nosy about and you want me to have them on the show, please send suggestions via the same hello button and I will check them out. Until next time, thank you so much for being you and see you soon. Peace.